I'm Abby, and this is We Have Notes, a podcast for the pop culture obsessed and the people who love them. So I have a new random obsession, courtesy of former podcast guest Bonnie Morrison, who came on this podcast to talk about podcasts that we love and love to hate. You should definitely go back and uh, check it out if you haven't listened to it. But um, she discovered something new on the podcast front. And oh my God, you guys were very addicted. Like it's it's a problem. Um, to quote the great One Direction song, Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, Bonnie, look what you've done to me. Um, it's a feed called Rom-Com Pods, but they're really more like corny chiclet pods. Um, they are, yeah, like full narratives, fiction with actors voicing the characters, etc. Uh, the accents that get thrown around are, it's a lot. Um, everything about these shows is preposterous. The dialogue is not great. The pop culture references have oft made me guffaw. Uh, and in like a really with Seth and Amy sort of way, I can't stop listening. Um, I likened them to the fanfic stories that got turned into books and then turned into movies, but like less horny, but equally unrealistic about how both relationships and the world work. Yet I can't stop listening. I am currently about to start my third one in as many days. It's called Honeymoon for One. That tells you anything. Um, but I, like Bonnie and I, we like cannot stop texting and DMing about these things. The first one I listened to is called Showman's. It's about our, our heroine, Casey. She has a bad breakup with a her boss. And then she gets goes over to London to help start a reality show version of the one she used to work on in L.A. and finds herself in a love triangle with like basically like a poor man's Daniel Cleaver and a handsome and charming chef named Rami. It's absurd. I don't. Again, couldn't I can't stop. They're like 20 around 25 ish minute episodes. And there's like seven or so for for each like novella. I don't know what to call it. Um, The other one that was the first one. Then the second one, which I did yesterday is called Vote for Love. Yep. And the main character, Lucy, works. um, She's working on a Texas governor's campaign. (laughs) Bonnie called him a male Ann Richards, but um, he has an insane accent that I don't know that any Texan would call a Texas accent, but um, he's running for governor and like he gets elected, but then we kind of flash and, and he has this son named Lincoln, of course, who like wants to be a singer. And then we like flash forward eight years and he's running for president in the 2020 election. And Lincoln has become like a world famous like rock pop star after being on an, what I can like, I guess, imagine is a, an American Idol like show called Sing or Swim. And now he's like a super famous dude and his dad's running for president but they're like estranged and he like kind of ghosted Lucy and now like he's coming back to like help the campaign but he like travels around songs any entourage or publicist um politics doesn't work like anything in this story um either but I guess some of that is like kind of rom-commy I don't know but you guys I cannot stop 
it's all I want to do. It's all I want to listen to. Bonnie has done this to me, but I realize I do this to other people with things. So I would love it if any of you want to join on this journey. I've been trying to convince my friend Allison, but she's being a real tough nut to crack. I mean, there, you guys, there's lines like, um, well, as I learned in health class, if you contract crabs, then you're never really alone. Like, what? There's like Twitter references and they're like, we're, we're trending in the political campaign. The hashtag dad like Davis is trending. It's so ridiculous. And yet I'm entranced. So anyway, uh, please check it out and please DM me if you do, because I, I obviously I just want to talk about it all the time on the super high quality TV front. I wanted to remind you guys that Ted Lasso is coming back. Depending on when you listen to this, there may be episodes up already on Apple. It's the 23rd is, is when it's back for season two. Um, it just got a shit ton of Emmy noms. Well deserved. I would also direct you to check out this really lovely piece that Mike Ryan wrote on Uproxx about an email he got from Jason Sudeikis when he interviewed him in the time right after um, Mike's father had died. And I don't know Mike, but um, I've long followed him on Twitter, and he had he had mentioned this interaction kind of in a in a general sense before. But now, with with Jason's permission, he published more of the story on on Uprox, as I mentioned, and from his end and and the actual email that Jason sent him, and it's just really really lovely. And Sudeikis continues to be the best and it's it's really like the type of note that that I can say from personal experience like feels like a lifeline when you're drowning in like an angry sea of grief after the loss of a parent and no matter who it comes from and, and it might be someone you know really well and someone or someone you don't know really well and or in this case like a, a famous actor but um I also loved that Sudeikis wore a shirt to the Ted Lasso premiere shouting out the the three black players on the England soccer team who have been subjected to horrendous racial and racist attacks um, online and otherwise since the Euro Cup. And I mean, let's not kid ourselves before that as well. So uh, I can't wait for Ted to be back in our lives. I, I'm like counting down the minutes. Um, I also can't wait for you to hear my conversation with this week's guest, Jessica Matlin, who I've known since she was a mere teen interning at Jane. Um, we're going to talk about Jane magazine. We're going to talk about... The 90s and and sassy, which inspired both of us to get into our careers in magazines and, and Courtney Love and so much more. So I hope you enjoy it. We'll be right back with Jess. I first met this week's guest when I was a fresh-faced youth at Jane Magazine, and she was an even more fresh-faced intern <laughs> who knew enough about what she wanted to do that she got a beauty internship at a magazine while she was still in high school, and then was back in my life again as an intern at YM once she was actually in college. I really cannot state how impressive and funny and savvy and talented and kind she was even then and has only become more of all those things as the years pass. That beauty-loving teen has become one of the industry's powerhouses and innovators. Jessica Matlin is currently the beauty director at Harper's Bazaar, a magazine that is doing some of the coolest stuff in the biz right now, if you ask me. I'm so obsessed with this recent story they did about older women, like over 60, over 80 even, playing around <laughs> with pink and blue and all other manner of fun hair color, which we can talk to her about a little bit. She is also the co-host and co-creator of what I consider to be the gold standard of beauty podcasts, Fat Mascara. 
which we're also going to talk about. Um, but you can you can just as easily find her sharing her wisdom on the Today Show as hanging out with her husband and gorgeous little girl, who I love following along with on Instagram. And luckily for me and for you, she found some time in her extremely busy schedule to chat with me about some of our many, many shared loves, including that time at Jane, NYM, and a little bit of 90s and whatever else we get into. So I cannot wait to hear what this... She described herself this way, elder millennial who identifies as a Gen Xer. I appreciate all of that. Her perspective on so many things. So welcome, Jessica Matlin. Hi. Hi. That is quite the intro. Thank you. Oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So you first came into my life. You were an, in high school interning. What a cool. You're the coolest. Well, and I, you're the coolest. I know. I have, I have to say, no, I was I was early in college. I think it was like 18. Oh, early college. But, Why do I always think you were in high school? Because well, you was, were like you. I was super young. But I think here's where you okay. got the high school thing, because I kind of like flinched recent high school. This is where this is where the kind of like um, the the clarification is to come. I told you that when I was in high school, I was oh, supposed to come to Sassy, which, as we know, was like the yes. I was supposed to. I I was invited to Sassy to be like a um, you know, come That's stay at Sassy for like you know a tour, like work at Sassy, and then Sassy folded. And then, that's what it was. Yes, Sorry, I messed yes, up your whole I, intro, but whatever. Right. All, no, everything no, it's still fine. applies except the high school of it all. No, but it's fine. It's fine because I was so like, that was like a big part of like what I was like telling you. And I was like, and then I was supposed to come to Sassy and then Sassy folded. And I was like, I was so hyped up for my like journey to Sassy and then kaput. But then I was so lucky a few years later to find my way to Seven West 34th Street and find myself at the offices of Fairchild and Jane Magazine. It was all I remember being like sick to my stomach, but so excited like this, this combination I don't think I've ever felt since the night before for my internship. And I was like. I, I don't think I've felt those butterflies, like like career butterflies since. It was like the most amazing place. And I don't think I've ever been to a place like that ever since. I don't think so either. And so, I mean, we similarly, I mean, we're I'm just a little bit older than you, but I have a similar. You're like not, you're not that much older than me. We're like, I'm not. You know, I'm really not. A few years older than me. I'm really not. It's just like you are, you and my brother are, are the same age, I think. Like, um, we, like, I had the same kind of sassy is... The re- like one of the reasons I wanted to work in magazines. It, it is was, the reason. It was everything <laughs> to me. Like I also read like I would make my mom take me to buy me like L and Vogue. I was very into yeah. L too. But like Sassy was that was it. Like that was it. It, it was definitive and and when I I had that same feeling that you're describing like that's what it felt like. I remember when I was interviewing for the job there and I started as the beauty slash photo assistant and Yes, then- you were that's right you were photo too. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I had to I had to log so many slides, you guys, because this is not when everything was like mm-hmm. digital. And like even to get like the stock images and stuff, you would call the photo agency. So like we need an image of a butterfly and you would call the stock photo agency and they'd messenger over like pages and pages of slides that then the art department could figure mm-hmm. out which one they wanted. And then they would pick that one and then it would get shipped, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then I would have to do the returns. Yeah. It was a whole thing. And then, and then there was separately the film for everything we shot, like original stuff that we shot. But um, I remember when they were like, yes, um, so you're going to have an interview with Jane Pratt. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Are you, what? I didn't think she would 
you know, so Jane, for anyone who doesn't know, Jane Pratt is the Jane of Jane. She was the editor in chief, but she was the editor in chief of Sassy. And she was so young. She was in her 20s. She was the editor in chief of this magazine that was cooler than cool and definitive for people like Jessica and I. And so I didn't think she would like be interviewing assistants. And now it all makes sense because mm-hmm. of how I know that place was. But I remember going into like interview in her office and I was so, I mean, I might have thrown up, like, I don't even know before I went. And then she was so cool. And we like chatted. Mm-hmm. And then I like left and I was like, oh my God, if I don't get this job, I'm going to die. And then I did. <laughs> it was, you know, and, and for anyone that I, I warned Abby, I just want to say, like, I warned Abby over email. I was like, please, I don't want to sound like an old man, like on this show. Like, and then, you know, yeah. remember when, but... It was, you know, I feel like the reason why, you know, women's magazines or I don't say the women's now, but, you know, like magazines or or websites, like anything that has voice that has a real like where the the writer is put inserting themselves. You guys all know what voice is. Why am I describing voice? But that really started a lot with Sassy. And then, you know, like you kind of weren't allowed to have voice. And this was, you know, I knew Abby, not to creep you out, but like I knew what you know i don't know what you looked like i don't think but like abby had i knew who abby was i knew who esther was yeah so when i got there it was like oh my god like these people are real like that's that's Gigi's mailbox shit you know like it was (laughs) yeah like so that's why we were characters exactly in the map going yeah we were characters but we were ourselves but we were characters and that's so common now right right with with like Everyone's got their own platform on their social media or whatever, or even just as websites and as blog, as when blogs became things. And like, but like, we were, and that, I mean, it was Jane would talk about us in her editor's letter. And we, and the thing was, we all did um, in those early days, like, we hung out together. We were a really close knit Mm -hmm. staff. I mean, the way Jane ran the magazine was certainly there was seniority and hierarchy to a level like, you know, there's a senior editor and there's things that you go up the chain as things get edited and approved. But in terms of like ideas meetings and things, we would sit in that little conference room and like I was allowed to talk about ideas as much as anybody else, mm-hmm. even though I was an assistant. Yeah. And I soon learned from friends at other places that that's not that's not how it was. And that I would like go out with Jane, like mm-hmm to sway and like whatever (laughs) and we would you know and like go over and go to dinner with her or go to a party and like we all like had this it was this really cool bond and then it it did come through into the magazine and it's also part of why we had the bond because we were like supposed to be ourselves you weren't as a writer sometimes and in certain kinds of writing this is important you need to take yourself out of it and it needs to be very um non-personal but that wasn't what sassy and jane were about and i remember getting there and you knew those people and i was like i'm gonna work with jane and christina kelly like oh my god these people who i as a young person had literally based what i wanted to do in my life on and then they were my peer my colleagues it was crazy one one thousand percent and um god i'm using that expression too much one thousand percent but like i just felt like you know that exact you 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 hit the nail on the head like you know and i think that is a true for a lot of people just to like do, like kind of um pull it back a little bit um you know it a lot of people who work in media today, whether if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I didn't work at Jane, like this is not relevant to me. I think a lot of people who work in media or work in fashion or whatever your industry is, you know, 
there's a really good chance your your industry has changed in the past you yes. know few years and um Abby and my industry has certainly changed but um you know this is like a very I, I was maybe very naive or I was very naive but I I was looking at the facts that were given to me at the time right and yeah. Uh, and I also was a was a teenager and I was like, wow, I want that. And I looked at that and yeah, I, it was the really, you know, I, as I got older, I was like, was I making this up? And to hear you say this is, and validate my experience is really awesome because it was a family type of environment. It was, it was. really special. And then also that just the physical really architecture of the building made it yeah. more democratic because everyone had a cube except for Jane Pratt. Um, yep. So there was open floor plan before open floor <laughs> yeah. plan. And that was also kind of because it was like Women's Wear Daily was this tentpole of Fairchild yeah. and W, of course. But but it was a, a news, you know, Women's Wear Daily was a daily paper. So it yeah. was like a newsroom type setup across the whole third floor. Yeah. And that did that did. And that, that wasn't like what it was like at other media companies at that time. Like everyone was in like offices and then like the assistants outside in cubicles. Yeah, it was so. very like, um, you know, I did not have dreams, you know, but it's so much funny people um, who are, you know, a little bit younger than me. You know, let's say I'm just going to throw it out like, let's say five, ten years younger than me. They got into the industry because maybe they saw Devil Wears Prada. I'll say, I'll say ten years younger. Right. I'm, I'm trying to date the movie and everything. They saw Devil Wears Prada. Like, that was so far from my brain. Like, I was not, like, I wasn't trying to be in Vogue. I was trying to be in Sassy, you know, or, or yeah. Jane. So it was such a different time. We just did things that were a little bit more like, I would say like punk rock than like the yeah. big Vogue shoot. And then we moved on. Well, you went to YM and me being a complete psycho was like, I want to go work with Abby at YM. So I followed Abby to YM. <laughs> but but you were so you're not a psycho, first of all. And I was like, oh, please come intern for me. <laughs> um, so the thing about YM was that it was like Jane 2.0 because Christina Kelly was the editor in chief. Elizabeth Keister was the fashion yes. director. Christina hired me as the beauty director. And then we had like Catherine and Amy Demas was our creative director and mm -hmm. Pina and like all these people. It was like at one point, I think we had like full-time staff wise, like nine or 10 people that were formerly from Jane. Yes. So it was like, we, we like fucking put the band back together. And it was awesome because there was, it was a different, it was a, you know, a more like kind of mainstream teen magazine in some ways but I think what Christina wanted to do to it was and I think what we did and it's one of the job it's probably Jane and YM are probably my favorite jobs I've ever had and the what she allowed us to do was inject more voice and more personality into that kind of teen magazine model in a way that it wasn't trying to be sassy again but it took some of that DNA and brought it to the magazine. And so that was like the vibe at the office too. You absolutely did. And you know, what's funny is like, you know, I went to, I was the beauty director of Teen Vogue about six years ago. It was, I started right around, right before Trump got elected. I was, I was the beauty director right before there was that big shift, you know, the big kind yes. of Teen Vogue shift from, you know, shooting girls in their bedrooms you know on the Upper East Side <laughs> to you yes. know what the Teen Vogue as we know it today and a lot of this the tone the tonal shift reminded me of the work you did at YM 
you know, which was yeah, I, yeah. I, I know that it, at YM yeah. it wasn't like hardcore yeah. political stuff, but it was, no. you know, we're not going to zit shame. We're not going to say like 12 ways to get the guy. It wasn't. It yeah, was, and we stopped using the word diet, and this was in the yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, ex- I, I, it was so, um, it was just like so ahead of its time, you know? Yeah, I was really proud of what you, we did there. Yeah, you guys I did was awesome like, work. I love, I love those shoots too, and we were doing them, and they look f- phenomenal, and, and Elizabeth spearheading from like the fashion perspective, like you said, she's a fucking legend. Um, literally one of the coolest people I know, I still want to be her really, when I grow up. She's so cool. She's so effortlessly like cool yeah. and stylish. Like yeah. I can't believe I got I get to be like friends with her. Um and that's how I felt at Jane too. I was yeah. like, I get to hang out I know, with these people. I know. Like, oh my God, is this my life? Like, is this actually really happening? And so I'm really proud of what we did. And we did these shoots on much less of a budget than than um, you know, even once the the teen vogue that launched back then was, you know, like they were still using like Mario Testino to like shoot their shoots and you know, but Elizabeth had, we did these cool things with Todd Oldham and like yep. Jonathan Scow and like the, I always love that Mary Kate and Ashley cover. And there's so many, and I have to look back on some of them too. But I also, I was going to say, I recently like ordered a ton of Jane's from eBay. <gasps> and cause I have this, um, this book idea that I, I've started to try to work on that is set in that time period, mm-hmm. like, a, I kind of want to rewrite my life a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I, 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 that I unfortunately, I unfortunately, thank you. I unfortunately had, I got to write it now. I, there are note cards on a bulletin board. I'm trying to plot it, but, um, it's like loosely based on me, but like not. Um, and anyway, so I, I didn't have so many of these cause I didn't, I was dumb and I didn't save them. Also, we lived in teeny tiny apartments in New York and I should have just shipped them all to my parents, but I didn't. So anyway, I was looking at some of the old ones and then I was, I found some with you on the masthead too. There's like an, there's like um, a Charlize Theron from like September, 2001. There's a Cuba Gooding Jr. There's one. Do you remember we would do the celebrity issue? The celebrity yes, produced yes, issue? Yes. And also PS that Charlie Theron one, that was when I realized that the makeup that they're wear that they say they're wearing on the cover isn't actually what they're wearing yeah. on the cover. Yeah. Do you do you want to explain this to, to people? Because I've yeah. tried, I've told people this so many times, but it is like it's, it has been a part a, of our jobs yeah, forever. It was like a suggestion. But uh, pe- I, I I this so it said Charlie Theron is wearing I think I I bet your I bet your bottom dollar, okay, if you have that at home, I bet you it says she's wearing NARS such and such and such gonna, and such. I'm gonna flip through it right now because I brought it into the closet with me. Okay. Let's see it. I needed to look at it. It's so fun to look at the ads in these things yeah. too. Oh um, my God. So I bet you it says she's wearing a NARS lipstick. And I there was a bag that said cover yeah, she's <laughs> she's wearing NARS. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I that was like it's so sick that I remember this. And Antonia Wyatt was the beauty director. Roman Holiday lipstick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I took it. <laughs> it had a little bag. It said cover credits. And I was like, "Can I have this, Antonia?" And she was like, "Yeah," because it said like something cover credits, and it was in a bag under her desk. And I was like, "Okay, we're done with the other issue." And I thought I had Charlize Theron's personal <laughs> lipstick that was used on set. And I was like, "I am just the bee's knees here at Rutgers University." <laughs> You've got Charlie's <laughs> lipstick, baby. I'm wearing it to the bar. 
And yes. then I found out that it was color matched and like this was like a suggestion of like to get the look. I didn't know it was like to get the look. I didn't realize yes. that like the artist, you know, didn't use it on. It's her. a suggestion and there can be many factors in the suggestion. It could be who the makeup artist is and if they had a a deal. Um it could be eventually it later much became when this when the at the height of like celebrity spokespeople not that that doesn't still happen but like there was a period where every brand had like seven celebrities um then it would you know be from that yeah. brand sometimes sometimes they like, will like if it's somebody like using x contract you know like but yeah it's not and yeah it could no. be actually real yeah and then sometimes it was like we're going to give this brand some love, so we're going to color match. But we would color match, and you would, like, call in product to color mm-hmm. match to what was used mm-hmm. on the actual shoot. But, yeah, little smoke and mirrors. Yeah. A little behind the scenes, behind the curtain. Yeah, so I was, like, loving looking at these. I was like, oh, I see Jessica Matlin mm-hmm. on here. Um, But what were – like, so from, like, YM and and – and Jane days, like, do you have like funny, like, what are your fate? What are the things that stand out in your memory? Like, are there like, like we went on that shoot, God, going on shoots. I miss shoots. You still get to do shoots. I don't um, really do shoots. Yeah. Anymore. I, I would say honestly, okay. You re- do you want to know the truth? Yeah. Um, I used to love getting Maui taco for Jeff Johnson, the writer, because he would let me, he'd give me money to get my own. He always gave me money to get my own Maui taco. I was like a student. Okay. Yeah. So he'd give yeah. me like $15 and say, get yourself something every time, which I think speaks to his character. <laughs> yes. Um, Jeff is the best. He's a great, great yeah, guy and a so, fucking hilarious writer. Such a good writer. I think he, yeah, he was a great writer. And so he would give me money like all the time to go to Maui Taco. And um, it was awesome. I'd really fill up and tank up until dinner. And then, so that was really generous. And I, you know, I, I think work and, and, and now working in the industry for so long that, like just deal like that kindness and I know it was like a little kid to yeah. him but like I just don't come across that sort of kindness all the time <laughs> yeah um, and um yes I know I'm a beauty person and I really did always set out to be a beauty person but my B was always you know I love music and I was god when yes. I was in college I was super into music but he would also um it's really weird that I'm like mentioning like him twice but um he would let me research article like research before his interviews and I am a huge Lemonheads fan and at the time they were still producing <gasps> music and he had an interview with Evan Dando the lead singer <laughs> I know and I know you love Evan I just too. got chills on my whole body okay okay you so- know I have a Lemonheads I have a Lemonheads like oh it's like an artistic take on a concert poster hanging in my apartment so <laughs> okay okay that then you're gonna love this. Oh, I mean, just I don't get to like you know hang out with Evan at the end, but I like spent the whole day crafting questions for Evan, and like I'm pretty <sighs> sure he used some of them. Of course, we know Evan is not always the greatest interview. Um, not if, always. No. no, not always. Um, oh, so this was like literally like it was my life's work for that day because he was just like, yeah, I'm talking to Evan later. So you know, if you could just come up with some questions, I was like. I, I was like, I understand the mission. And I was, yeah, the assi- I, I understand the assignment. Yeah. Well, it's also yeah. kind of a great assignment for an intern. That's actually going to help you like learn something like, A, it's like if you were into the band and even if you weren't, but also yeah. to, like learn how a reporter or journalist is like prepping and you do do prep and like um, some people help you with that. And, and um, oh, God, Evan Dando. I loved him so much. Uh, love, I remember love. going in high school to a concert. Actually, I think it was at this place that, funnily enough, now that I live back here, is down the street from me, the Murat. And 
like, you know, in that kind of, and this would have been like early 90s. Yeah. And you, I mean, I was real close to him, like real close to the stage. And he was like, I thought, I thought you meant like a tiny as friends. Venue. Like, you're, like you guys were really tight. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just, it was such a time. So yeah, I mean, I think the other thing about Sassy and Jane, just to, to talk about music yeah. is the way they covered music. Oh, and I yeah. think especially like starting with sassy and then, and really what Jane became was like an evolution of that sassy girl into, into her twenties. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that something that definitely connected with you. And I think, you know, that we have in common is that way that they covered music at yeah. sassy was so different than any other teen magazine. And, and it was different in the tone, but it was also very different in like who, the who they were covering. Sure. And and it wasn't listen, I'm a person who I'm a I love top 40. I love indie. I love and I and I was kind of like that even then. But I was definitely trying to be a lot come off as really cool in high school and stuff. But but also just like they were on they were introducing you to stuff. And it was so cool because it wasn't as easy to discover things back then, right? You couldn't just like stream and you know, it was like someone's older sibling, like, tells you about something and gives mm. you a tape and you feel really cool. <laughs> and, like, Sassy felt like that, right? Like, they would, like, introduce you to people that you didn't know and then cover the people that you were into. Like, that Kurt and Courtney cover, or, like, I don't know. Oh. What, what Were there ones that stood out to you? Yeah. I mean, they had a, they had a you know, in their culture section, they always had, um, like, a subhead, like, you know, like, band we love or something like that. And um, I remember yeah. one was, I didn't like this band, but this, like, just reminded me, like, you know, Hot House Flowers was one. Like, you know, no one was talking about the Hot House Flowers. Um, you know, they had the, um, an incredible, incredible, if you don't know it, you got to know it even if you don't like them. Google the Curtin Courtney cover. That is one of the best magazine covers Ugh. of all time. And it was at Ain't Love Grand. Like, it was just like a great cover line. It's, you know, Kurt with like, you know, his incredible, like, you know, kind of fuchsia hair that was like, you know, yeah. only for a minute, but it's like iconic Kurt. Courtney, when she like, in a perfect like riot girl like baby doll you know moment before like yeah. things got really messy like it is just like a a a, a a a snapshot of like things before things got really bad um yeah they had this section called dear boy do you remember dear boy mm. oh i loved dear boy yeah and it was like you know they had like thurston moore or like you know jay Massis mascus from dinosaur jr like like alternative dudes and i hate the word alternative but you just have to use it because this i can't think of and this, it's definitely know. how it was then i mean that's how we talked about yeah it. like alternative. I, mean, I, I loved i wrote I roll up some Dinosaur Jr. on the on the old Spotify quite frequently. <laughs> it's like it was great because it was just like they just they didn't make a big deal of it. They just like put it in. They had a like a Beastie Boys like, you know, shopping trip or something. Yeah. Um, they just like put the guys in the magazine without. Oh, my God. They did like a Dear Boy, I think, with like Beck and he gave like guy advice. Like they just put these guys in without making a huge fuss and I don't know they were just they were part of like the fabric of the magazine and I I don't know I just I liked it it wasn't like a guy thing it was just like uh these guys are cool like they're our friends I don't know yeah, and it's like how you could be like, oh, I want to have a cool guy friend. Yeah, you might have a crush on someone or you might not, or you might not even be into guys. And it didn't it didn't presuppose that you had to be in love. Yeah, with it wasn't them. like yeah. You know? That's the it wasn't like a hetero 
kind of like crush of the week. Yeah, it was like <laughs> Yeah. They're just and you might it. you might have a crush, but that was like your decision to make, right? It wasn't like yeah. It was cool. And it was a cool way to teach young women how to think, right? I mean, it it shaped yeah. me in so many ways. And and all the like I loved stuff you wrote. I used to like <gasps> cut things out and put them on my bulletin me board. Too! <laughs> in my in my if you if you listen to a past episode, uh with my this the episode with my sister, she talks about my pink room that I hated by the time I was fifteen and um that I did when I was like thirteen. But there was a huge bulletin board in there and what I would do is cut out stuff from magazines and mm-hmm. like I cut out a lot of like word stuff. Like there would be some photos and like cool yeah. images, but I also cut out a ton of words and there was this spread every month in Sassy called Stuff You Wrote. And it was just like it was what it was. It was cool stuff that like readers wrote. It might be yeah. a poem or it might just be like a line about something or like whatever it was like so a thought cool. right and a thought yeah exactly an observe like a keen observation and i think yes. that kind of like really you know dare i say i think it like promoted like you know creative writing or like you know like critical thinking yeah. in in it its totally readers did. yeah and it I, absolutely did God, like I'm like please like let's just all like order some sassies off eBay they're expensive right now I mean now I'm gonna have to do that because now I got these 20 Janes and it's so fun to look at them and yeah. then so like I think with with Jane and and sassy and with with sassy and YM in particular because those were specifically teen magazines and I think sassy was this was core but what we what we talked about a lot at YM also was like not talking down to teenage girls and that right. we should talk to them and that there's that they are, I mean, this sounds so stupid, but like valuable and worth it and their opinions matter and what they love matters and it's not silly and it's not um, stupid and it's not, and it, and it, and it drives the culture. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's for sure. It's still, um, it's, you know, there are still a lot of things targeted at women and especially targeted at young women that are seen as frivolous or, um, not serious. Mm-hmm. I think it's changed a little. It's gotten a little better, but I, I think that was like at the core of what what I didn't understand at the time, mm-hmm. but what was speaking to me about Sassy and what I was proud of trying to do at YM was like, yeah, these are really important people and they should be listened to and heard and like their voices should be amplified and and like they're not silly. And like, and also having a mad crush on someone and being obsessed with something isn't silly either. And like, they should be taken seriously and their voices should be taken seriously. And I think that's what you could feel just pulsing through Sassy, even if you didn't understand it. You were what? just like, this This magazine cares about me and what I think. If you, you know, I I've, I think I've, I, t- I mentioned this, I think, to Jen on, on our show when we just, somehow we got onto this topic, but I th- I'm 99% sure I threw out all my old journals because I'm like so afraid that God forbid I get into a car accident and someone's going through my stuff and they're like, did she really feel this way? You know, like, because, you know, sometimes you write, you write things in the heat of your, you know, your, your worst, your worst moment. And like, you look back and like, I didn't feel that way. It's it's almost like you're like on drugs or something crazy. You know, like, it's like, yeah, no, I just don't want, especially in those heady, heady teen and early 20s right you're like your hormones are like crazy or like you're in just so much pain but I think about you know you just mentioned this idea of you know people not taking like teenage crushes seriously or teenage you know pain or you know just teenagers seriously and I think about just like the emotions I felt 
when I was a sassy reader, a Jane reader, more so like a sassy reader though. And it's, it, it's, I don't know if I felt <laughs> that intensely again in my entire life, except for maybe a few times. It's like yeah. the intensity is so real. And as the, the, the mother of a, of a daughter, I'm like, you know, bracing myself, you know, for, for those years. Yeah. It's, it's frightening. It is so frightening. So um, I, I, you know, I think having something like that, some kind of got some kind of, it wasn't a guidebook, but it was some, it was, it was a comfort and like, you know, something like stuff you, stuff you wrote. And I'm sorry for listening to this. Like, what is this woman talking about stuff we wrote? But like, it was almost like, um, it was just like a private space and it yes. felt like there's somebody a little bit older, certainly, you know, not my mom or, you know, a relative that understood, like, I just felt like I felt seen as, you know, yeah, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> As they say, and it's not that's not a l language that we used back then, right? Yeah. But it was that fe that that feeling. Um, we we put more words to it now. Like I feel seen, I feel heard, and it's like that. That's what sassy was, and yeah. it was it was like this safe space, and it felt it felt like yours, and you felt like protective of it. Like I would I would literally like run to the ma to the mailbox and see if my mm -hmm. sassy was there, and then like hole up in my room, or I had this. We did not live in some crazy huge house, but I had a walk-in closet mm -hmm. in my room, which was weirdly bigger than like my the master bedroom one, and it had a window in it. Mm. Um, and so it was like it was like the interior section of it was like I could yeah. go in my room and close the door, and then go inside my closet and close the door. It was like where my it was like my super safe space. Yeah, and I would just sit in there with my sassy, and then and and it, I don't know. It just it, it is. It, and every person I know who was like formed by sassy has a lot of these feelings. And, and I think a lot of women that I find that I have had a lot in common with as I got older, you'll be, they'll be like, Oh yeah. And then I was like obsessed with sassy and I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. there you go. Like that's part of your DNA in a way or, or that there was something in you that was, that was why you were attracted to it in the first place. And yeah. Uh, it was just, it, I mean, I, I want to, I got to, now I'm going to have to order all those too. <laughs> because, and also I will say looking at the ads is like amazing. Like the, the nineties, like fragrance ads, like, and, and oh my I God. can't even imagine what the like old, a little older, like sassy ones will be like, but it's like, I was just look, flipping through one this morning cause we were going to talk and I was like, Oh, look at Esther Kenyatta's. <laughs> oh my God. Oh and my Mark God. Vanderloo. Was, oh my God. Esther Kenyatta's had like the like craziest hip bone. Like the waist to hip bone ratio was like, it just did not make sense. There it is, didn't. I just on, on my podcast, um, Fat Mascara, the, we just recorded this one two days ago, so by the time this is out, it will definitely have aired. But I raised a wand, which is our thing where, like, we just give, like, props, like, shout out to something at the end. I raised a wand to this Instagram account that I found. It's called at – there's nothing – no fancy punctuation or spelling – at discontinued makeup. And it's so <gasps> – it's just all discontinued ads and stuff. It only has about 10,000 followers. I thought that it should have way more. But um, yeah. it, it, it will definitely give you a few minutes of like really fun scrolling time. So check that out. Um, I, I, I was so happy when someone showed it to me. So it's definitely one of my most favorite accounts right now. I'm curious um, if uh, and, and if you, any of your listeners like have any thoughts on that, this like, please, please share with Abby who can then relate to me or, or, yes. write, or write me. I'm curious what the equivalent is to sassy now or if there is one. And I, I'm not going to claim to know. I mean, I'm not 
I'm not that age. I I think I I'm in I am in touch with some like you know, with with some of youth culture, but I'm not you know. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend that like oh I know because I'm not there. You know, like you can't you can't fake an experience. I, mean, I think they find a lot of that space on TikTok. You find like your corner. Yeah. Of the world, because I think there's like, you know, I talk about TikTok a lot, but like with my friends and I I spend a lot of time on there. But I think for people who haven't spent time on there, I think you could have the misconception that it's all just these like dumb dances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's not at all like that is certainly a segment. And there's a lot of conversations to be had about people stealing other people's dances and becoming famous and all that, all that kind of yeah. stuff. But like that's not I don't see any of that on my TikTok. And I will say the algorithm. I mean, it's scary good. So like for me, I'm just like, fuck it, everybody. You know, the, this app knows everything about me. But I think what the cool thing about TikTok is you find your corners like there is like I just was reading this article about like the trans beauty community on TikTok. Like, that's not stuff that usually gets surfaced into my feed, but like there are all these pockets and there's been, and I mean, in beauty and style and and interests and things. And I think you find your TikTok and, and I think that's a place for self-expression for so many young people in that kind of stuff you wrote kind of way, like right. your observations on the world. And there's so many that are just funny observations on the world from young people that I do get some of those and they make me laugh so hard or they, they make me think and laugh which is my favorite thing about that's what good comedy does for me Mm -hmm. but um I think that's part of it but I I don't know if there I mean there's probably some platform I don't even know about where they spend all their time yeah that's like not TikTok but I don't know it's I mean they have so they it's like they have all this access that we didn't have to information but then it's like it's not cure. I don't know. It gets curated by algorithms and things and what you interact with, which can be cool, but also can keep you in a bubble, right? Because yeah. you're not seeing everything. Not that we weren't in a bubble, too. I don't know. Yeah. Fucking I mean, it's it just, yeah. Yeah. It's just a different, everything is different. Like the, the situation is different. Like the, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a kind of apples to oranges. So, yeah. But I think, I mean, I think like in any generation, like, they f- young people find a way to find a space for themselves like find their like their 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 escape their their tribe their escape their, yeah th- their people you know mm-hmm. like i or i hope they can like what well, what parts do you feel like you do dip into in, um, in in youth culture i there's some music that i really like i was really you know i'm really really a big fan of Billie eilish i think she yeah. is fantastic i just actually saw just this morning actually i was did just, you see the new song this morning absolutely love it the nda yeah nda i'm putting a, the, the v in front of everything nda i'm absolutely obsessed i love the video so good i like yeah, i like on I that respond. highway and the cars are coming holy i mean i what i like about her is i think I mean, I kind of like always have responded a little bit to not a little bit like I've always liked like a darker vibe. I mean, that's not that's not yeah. completely true. It's not like oh, I only like dark music because I also like things that are not dark. But I'm also like always like I'm always will always I'll always turn my head to something that's a little bit darker. I'm um, drawn to the darkness. I'm a Scorpio. Like I'm drawn <laughs> to the darkness, oh, d- and okay, I like yeah. people who have a little bit of darkness. Yeah, like, you can't be too dark. Like, but like I like people who are comfortable with darkness. Exactly, too. exactly. And I like, 
her aesthetic. I think, you know, it was a real palate cleanser from, I think, everything being so kind of poppy and like yeah, too polished, too Instagram. Um, her stuff felt like a little homemade, but also raw and also dark. And she just felt very fearless to me. Um, yeah. This aesthetic to me reminds me of, it, to me, it feels very Nine Inch Nails. Which I was a huge Nails Ooh. fan in the 90s. Yeah. And like, I mean, they've never stopped making music. And to me, what's brilliant about Trent Reznor is he always evolves. Like he has gone from being like with a tape in like 1990 to or like the late 80s to like being an Oscar winning you know, yeah, <laughs> like it's producer. so rad. If you had told us, if you had told teenage us that that was going to happen, we would have been like, it's "What crazy. the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> but he's so ta- oh my god! You know what killed me? Did you see the Twitter? Um, that's where the answer. This is. I'm going to just take a quick side, a quick left turn, but we're going to come back. Did you? No, see- no. Why we love left turns on this podcast? Okay. Did you see? Um, she deleted it. Courtney Love, who I love, even though she is like bonkers a lot, she wrote an oh, Instagram. Um, about Dave Grohl and Trent Reznor accusing them of being like sexual. I'm, I'm going to put big fat alleged over this because I'm just like so scared. Alleged, like, alleged, 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 yes. alleged, alleged. You can, you guys can Google this if you don't know what I'm talking about because she deleted it. But she accused them of being of some very unsavory behavior um, back in the day. I'm just going to say that unsavory behavior and. She said, like, you know, they've done all these things and I'm done being silent, blah, blah, blah. And she calls Dave Grohl all these nasty names. She goes, and Trent Reznor. And she was like, at least he's talented. <laughs> it was like, like, it was like a hot, vintage Courtney love. It was like amazing. I was like, oh, my God, what a double diss. Like, it was like, kick. How kick, did I kick, miss this? Because she... It's a it's a great news story because you're just like, oh, my God, it's so crazy. But then she takes it down and then she like apologized. It's like you get whiplash 45 times. But I was well, like, that's Courtney, right? It's like, so I mean, exactly. that's kind of been Courtney her whole life. It's like, again, so talented. Yeah. On multiple covers of Jane magazine. Yeah. Um, during our era, really. And. Uh, they're complicated cover shoots, you guys, but you can imagine <laughs> that you can imagine they weren't simple. Um, even, yeah, so many things. Um, but with Courtney and who I love and who is so insanely yeah. talented and, and interesting, even when I'm like, shut up, I'm like, don't shut up ever. Obviously, I don't, wouldn't want a woman to shut up, but when you're just yeah. like, oh my God, because she she cannot help herself from getting into the mess and then oh. she and then if there's not enough mess she'll create a mess and then back out of the mess she back she backed out and like you know as far as i know dave and trent stayed silent steely 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 but it was the fact that she gave like trent this like like sweet just compliment like, <laughs> like in the middle and it, it, i don't know i died but okay, that's so-, so courtney though right to be like <laughs> so mean and then just be like that's a really good song <laughs> Oh, but so I remember once. Oh, wait, sorry, here's sorry, a sorry, Courtney so, moment. Like, there's so much, so much to discuss. Yeah, I mean, Courtney. It could be a whole. We could have done this whole pod about Courtney. I will come there back was, for a Courtney only pod. Okay. Oh my god, let's do it. We should just do like a Courtney pod. Oh, um, oh my god, we're doing it. We're a whole we'll book pod. A whole pod. Um, so there was so Jane. Pratt, the person, mm-hmm. not the magazine, Jane Pratt and Michael Stipe would always have this really killer holiday party. Oh. And 
so Jane was friends with Courtney. Michael was obviously very good friends with Courtney. Jane and Michael were like best friends. Like Michael would be at the office. Yes. All I the remember. time. I remember. Um, and like I, I went with my then boyfriend who I had met through Jane Pratt. Um, like that's how when we were talking about like it was a fa- you know, like it was a whole like social and business all wrapped up together. Um, and we I forget where it was. It was somewhere downtown, like some sort of like warehousey like mm-hmm. kind of space. And we were like leaving at, you know, late. And it was just us and Courtney Love in the elevator of this like and it was like an old building so it was like an old like rickety elevator and like she I cannot even remember if she was like fucked up or anything like that but it was just like we were just like we were just really quiet in the elevator (laughs) and then we went down and it was only like two floors or something but there were you just had to go in this like old rickety elevator and then we got out and we like got in a cab and I was like we like exhaled because <laughs> we were like, <laughs> we didn't know like anything could have fucking happened in that elevator. Like anything could have happened. And also we were like, what if we had gotten fucking, because it also you it, felt like this elevator would break at any second. And we were like, I was like, all I could think in my head, because I'm also this person who will always imagine like some sort of like vaguely doomsday scenario, like on the subway. It's like, what if someone just got out a knife? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will be, I was like, what if this elevator breaks down and we are in this elevator for like five hours with like Courtney love? Like that's w- automatically where my head went. And my boyfriend was like, you're a lunatic, but also like, what the fuck would we have done? <laughs> I was like, it would have been amazing <gasps> and terrifying and awesome ever. and the best story of all time. But I was like, Oh, we were, I mean, and I feel like we just kind of like looked at each other and like nodded because we mean, we were at this like party together. So we weren't like randos, you know, like we were at this, like not, it wasn't like a thousand person party. It was like Jane and Michael's holiday party. So we were obviously like, quote unquote, cool enough to be there. Uh (laughs) uh uh Oh, I mean, and I just remember having to track down. I feel like we had sent her and this was like, and I could be messing this up, but we were, she had, she had taken a look at some of the film from, or she wanted to take a look at the film from a cover shoot and they were going to let her take a look at it, which isn't always the case or certainly wasn't then. And, but it was like film, film, like it was prints. So I had to, we had to get prints made to send to her, but then she kept changing locations and I was (laughs) the photo assistant. So I kept trying to like find out where she was and it was be like send them to the LA house send them to no she's gone to Arizona like send it to the and I yeah that's like a burned in my head memory and I was just like but I was like 22 or 23 or whatever and was just like cool I'm just trying to find Courtney Love this is the coolest (laughs) thing I've ever done where in the world is Courtney Love I'm just it really was I mean I think this was not because then it was like oh is she might be in the city so you could messenger like, oh okay. my god this well is- and then i mean obviously there was the recent beef with who oh. i call number one olivia oh, and that was yeah. a whole thing i feel like it started so just for everyone who anyone yeah. who doesn't know and hasn't been keeping tabs on courtney love on social media the way jess and i do yeah um this also is, one time like she tweeted me hobby, right <laughs> one time she tweeted me about um it wait, was, who this tweeted was during you? mad men wait, wait, who tweeted you courtney love she tweeted you like in the middle, it was Mad Men times. It was years ago. And I, we, I was tweeting, we were tweeting about, I, we weren't, I was, it was like, you know, I was probably live tweeting or something. Um, I feel like it was something around Jones rape scene 
and like or the like with her husband and da, da, and something and I can't even remember what I said and I can't remember but she like dipped into my menchies and I was like oh my but God. anyway so yeah so anyway so the the recent kerfuffle was so if you saw Olivia Rodrigo who obviously has been everywhere I've talked about a million times I'm obsessed with her but <laughs> she was doing um like a prom special and this was like for her album which is called Sour and which certainly has a ton of like 90s musical um, influences mm-hmm. on it and um so the promo photo this is not it was not the album photo this was the promo for this prom uh, youtube like streaming thing that she was going to do was her like with mascara running down her face with the prom queen like tiara and the flowers, the flowers which yeah. was very evocative of the the whole album cover with Leilani Bishop. People kept thinking it was like they kept getting misreported. I'm like, it wasn't Courtney on the cover. You guys drives me crazy. Journalism is dad. Go on. Yeah. Right. I was like, you guys, that's not fucking Courtney love on the cover. And it never was. It's Leilani Bishop. Like get your, you know, um, so it, which, uh, was shot by Ellen Von Unworth at the time. And, um, which itself was referencing, Carrie, Sissy Spacek and Carrie. And so Courtney, it seemed innocuous at first. She was like, spot the differences, hashtag twinning about the Olivia photo. Yeah. And then in the comments on Instagram and also on Facebook, because Courtney Love will get in the comments, (laughs) she expressed her annoyance and, and anger at it being kind of a blatant ripoff without acknowledgement. And I, which I think is fair. Wait, wait, I, I do. Didn't she say like, I kind of, I like kind of, I, I, I did laugh at what she said. Um, like, I'll send you the name of my favorite florist in London or something. I like, yes, this, that was my favorite part. That was before she got, so I feel like if she had stopped there. So like, again, Courtney can do whatever she wants, but so well, Olivia she commented stop on there. it. She, I, no, I, Olivia okay. commented on it. Because again, I thought Courtney was being like twin. It sounded like she was into it, and so yeah. Olivia commented like, "I love you so much," like something, something. She said, and "I then, love live through this," which is the name of the album. Oh, for, for- I love live through this. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And and then Courtney responded like, "Thanks." <laughs> like my favorite florist is such and such yeah. in Notting Hill. Like <laughs> yeah, I look okay. forward to your note. <laughs> yeah, which I which thought was funny and like cheeky. Funny. Oh, I loved that. But then, especially on Facebook, apparently. Oh, God. Um, she was like, no, it's rude. It's da-da-da. This happens okay. to me all the time. It's rude. It's rude. And then she was like, I don't know. Does Disney teach those kids how to read and write? And I'm like, okay. Like, and we don't need to call her illiterate. That's, like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that, yeah, that's not nice. That's because not nice. I do think she has a, she can make a fair point. I, I, I there's, you know, there is a line between... Uh, like copying and influence and imitation. And there's, there's a lot of discussion there. And I think people can have a ton of different opinions and I think hers is valid, but mm-hmm. I'm like, don't go. No, you should have stopped. Yeah. Like you made, you made a really good point and then you didn't have to get mean and act like she can't read. Yeah. Like I, that feels low. I, uh, th- I, I thought that last comment was definitely not nice. <laughs> um, I would not have done the same. Uh, I I could see why she was upset. I, I really yeah. could see why Courtney was upset. 
Um, totally. I don't know if Olivia herself, even though she said, I love live through this, I, I really don't know if Olivia herself was aware of that direct reference. Like, I really don't know. And I don't mean that. In yeah. A cheeky, and I don't mean that in a cheeky way. Like, I don't know. Who knows? I, I really don't know. I would think her art team, like her art director, would yeah. would be aware. But, like, it's funny. I was talking about this with my, with my brother. My brother's also a massive, massive, like, music fan and, um, you know, a huge whole fan. You know, he was like, because I was like, can you believe this, Terry? Like, oh, my God. Because I and I was like really like like you were fired up. up. I was fired up, and yeah. he was like Jess. He's like this album is like you know over twenty five years old. He's like I thought yeah. he would be like on my side, and he was like he was much more like measured. He's like it's over twenty five years old. He's like it is yes, like it's a it's a specific reference. He's like but it is like. He didn't use the word like trope. He was he was just like it's t- over twenty five years old, and then he he actually pointed out like. He's like, look at, you know, Rolling Stones, like Sticky Fingers. And I know this is like the audience listening here might not know this exact reference because it's like not as like pop, but like Motley Crue, Too Fast for Love. It's a tight like cross shot, you know, he's like, it's a it's a they're similar. He's like, those were like even closer, I think, in time period. Or let's say they're about the same. Like there are certain kind of like I I can like iconic. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Iconic like shots, you know, like. You know, are they going to go sue each other? Like, you know, I I don't know. And it it was just a point. It wasn't like, here is my final argument. But it was like, you know, 25, a quarter of a century has passed. And it was just like something that I was like, I'll think about that. And I walked away and I was like, I get it. I also, if I were Courtney Love, I would not have, to your point, like, Abby, I would not have like been as... I wouldn't have eviscerated her. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing. It's hard sometimes, you know... And and I think it would have been cool. She's like, I was obs- I was obsessed with this whole cover, and you know, yeah. I, I I think that would have alleviated a lot of things. But again, like, who knows exactly how everything went down? But I think the point about it being twenty five years old is a is a interesting one because I think for us, it's hard for us to believe that stuff is that old because it was yeah. ours when we we weren't. I mean, it wasn't like I was four when that happened. Yeah, you know? we were adults. We were like teenagers. We were adult, teenagers yeah. to young adults, right? And yeah. so it feels like our things can't be oldies and, and iconic. But I think about I the things that, that we or, – or things that got referenced from the 70s that got pulled into the 90s. And, and it is that – you know, like you and I were emailing about like that, that spectrum and that continuum. And I think that that doesn't mean we shouldn't have the conversations about what is like purely copying something and what is referencing something and what is influenced by something. But I think it's hard. I mean, it's hard for me, at least I'll speak for myself to be like, oh, because there's there's that meme that goes around that's like, yeah, the 90s were 10 years ago, the 2000s were 10 years ago, the 2010s, you know, like everything feels like it was 10 years ago. And so when you step back, like, like to that point your brother made, it's, it's, I'm like, what? No. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that was fucking 30 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Like, is she not allowed to, it's a real question. Like, is she not allowed to pull iconography from 25 years ago? And to your point, like, you know, that's from Carrie. Like that's a, that's a movie that is from the 70s. Right. So is she not allowed to pull from you know, whatever, 40 years, 40 something years ago. Yeah. It's an interesting conversation. And it's one of those things, like to your point where you're like, I don't want to sound like a grandpa. Like I know I, I want to not do that either, but also like back in my day, but I do some of that sometimes it's like, 
the kids today won't ever understand, you know. <laughs> but but it's also like that. But we're throwing in the element of like before it was a real effort to like you know do to do something. Now you can just like doctor something up really quickly and blast it on social media to millions and millions, you know, billions yeah. of people, and be like, I did it. Well, before it, you know, and before like fewer people would see it. Like now everything is. It's quicker to disseminate like your yeah. like, quote unquote idea. And so that's why I think it just kind of hits a little bit differently than, yeah. you know, it would have before. And it's easier to find the references too. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and, and now citation and like, um, you know, like, I don't say, yeah, like a citation and like yeah, citing the reference. And, you know, we see yeah. this God and beauty so much. It's like, well, give credit. You can't just like take someone's you know, work or inspiration and, you know, whether it's a style or, you know, a, a trend. It, it's these conversations are actually, yeah, I, I was nervous about like. They're I important. I mean, that's the thing yeah. with the TikTok, with the TikTok dances and stuff, too. That's a huge conversation. Like, a, and it, it's a cultural conversation. And so I think it matters across the board because there's there's the whole conversation on TikTok about these uh, young, typically white women, mm-hmm. teenagers, um appropriating dances from black TikTokers yeah. and then rising to fame on the backs of those dances and not giving credit and then becoming influencers and then making a ton of money when really they're like kind of shitty dancers. And, you know, it's a really valid conversation. And I think it goes across the board in beauty, in fashion, in, um, in music, in, photography and you know and it's like of course things should be can get referenced and influences especially older things and it's just it's I don't know what the exact answer is but like it is important to have those conversations and I think coming from like a journalistic background like you don't ever want to steal someone's idea like that would be the last thing I would ever (laughs) want to do um or con you know but it's 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 interesting. It's an interesting conversation, and it's certainly a you have a different perspective, I guess, in your forties than yeah. you do when you're like nineteen or twenty. You know, it's which is wild because you're like, but I don't feel like I'm older. But then you're like, but I am totally I am that person. So interesting thing. I just thought about this when you were talking about the dance, the TikTok thing. I was like, oh, I wanted to add this because I th- there was a great podcast interview about dance and like ownership, which I, this whole idea was like completely new to me. I mean, I, listen, I did dance for like five years and I was like younger and I was like, okay, you know, like I was I'm never like claimed to like understand the dance realm. But I, there was a there was a guy who I'm friends with. His name is Corey Cambridge. I just looked this up like super quick now. Um, Corey Cambridge, he and I know each other from the podcast world. He's wonderful he has a podcast called silent giants and he interviews just like you know cool like either behind the scenes folks or just people he thinks are amazing and he interviewed this choreographer named vincent patterson and vincent patterson Uh has worked with people like madonna and like michael jackson and he's he's been their choreographer, right? Um, so I'm just gonna like sh- shout out his podcast really quick. Silent Giants with Corey Cambridge, Vincent Patterson. The episode is 57, and Vincent okay. Patterson, it's the most one of the most amazing episodes I listened to. He did things like I'm gonna like make this. I, I don't know if like don't fact check me on this, but like let's say he did the crotch grab for Michael Jackson, or like right. Um, like uh, the, uh, let's say he did the moonwalk, or he I, he definitely did something with the smooth criminal video. Okay, like okay, awesome, which awesome is stuff iconic. Like, yeah, right, exactly. He he could not trademark those moves. So once he gave them to Michael Jackson, or like gave them to Madonna, 
that's it. They're gone. So he never like made money off of them. Maybe he got paid a day rate or a project rate right. or something, but they're off, you know? So it's the idea of like ownership and dancing was a concept that was completely new to me. And when I was done with that podcast, I just felt like I'd learned something. And I also, my heart broke for him. And you listen to the yeah. interview, there's a moment where Vincent, like, I don't think I'm like spoiling anything here, but it's actually an emotional interview. Oh, I can't wait to listen to that. That's it's really so interesting. Good. I was never a dancer, but I mean, I've really, the entry point for me thinking about it was kind of this TikTok conversation, but it, that makes so much sense. I can't wait to learn more about it. Yeah. It's like That's you think you're a, you're a songwriter or you think like, okay, yeah, yeah. I wrote the song, like, you know, it's like, F you pay me, you know, if you want to sing it. But right. Like, or even like the beat or the hook on a song uh-huh. or something like that that gets sampled. Yeah. That's so interesting. So fascinating. So, yeah. Well, you- speaking of the podcast world... Let's talk a little bit about your phenomenal podcast that you have. thank you. Thank you. So how long have you – so Jessica's podcast is called Fat Mascara. I'll let you tell tell the people about it. How long have you been doing it now? Oh, my God. Long time. Um, (laughs) So we've been been doing it since 2016. Our first episode launched February 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. So over five years now. Crazy. Yeah, so, so mascara. It's a it's a beauty podcast, but we have um, people from like you know like I, I would say like you know not necessarily people who think are beauty people, but it feels like everyone has a beauty line now. So we've had yeah, we've had some big time celebs. We've had some big time celebs. Yeah, I was just catching up on the Kate Hudson episode this morning before we chatted. Yeah, and she, she was Cindy great. Crawford. That was a big that was one. that was one of my favorites. She was really it's cool. so good. So it's a great episode. Gonna, yeah, I was nervous she was gonna like you know just you know do a a celebrity you know yeah like checking her watch. Yeah, I'll do this show. She was awesome. She was fully present. She gave us some great like you know never told before stories. She was so lovely and funny and cool. Yeah, it's so great because it's such a range of people and. From, you know, and you guys really have been inside the industry for so long and know so many people and know, you know, you're great interviewers too and conversationalists, but it's, it always, it gives you a glimpse inside, but also, I mean, every, you know, into this, we're all talking about skin and wellness and, you know, skincare and all these different things, but it's, you get so many different perspectives from, from people that you might think about like hairstylists and, and makeup artists, but also dermatologists and estheticians and then like celebrities and it's just it's so good so it comes out on Thursdays right it comes out right? we do two, so we do two shows a week we do Tuesdays oh, that's or right. we do the beauty headlines because there's so many oh that's right that's right the headlines that's right headlines so it, it could be something like you know Kim Kardashian is like pulling back her line for a little bit why is she doing it I don't know okay so we'll do a little talk commentary about that then things like you know a new celebrity is coming off the line um, skin science news um, what's going on in like the um you know like vegan animal welfare space what it re- you know relates to beauty um what you know whatever is happening in the, a big merger so it's like business it's like you know everything yeah. so i really love that. honestly that's my favorite like part of the show on tuesdays because there's so much beauty is like beauty is such a massive business and it feels like now yes. everyone wants to like know what's going on in the business of beauty i feel like it used to be very like only the nerds like me and now everyone yeah. is like did you hear that elf is coming out with a you know chipotle collection you know like everyone is kind of involved in the beauty world um and then we also of course raise a wand to our favorite products or what we're obsessed with like my favorite instagram account or you know even if it's like i'm obsessed with the new like 
grocery store find. I'll like tell you about it. Um, and then we also at that in that episode we like listen we answer a listener question. So we take voicemails, we do emails, whatever it is. Then our Thursday show is the big interview, and we I like Abby said we do we interview everyone from like Renella Hirsch I'm recording with in 30 minutes. Um, she is like Dr. Renella Hirsch. She is huge on Instagram. She is hysterical. Yes. She is like my like you know she's like my 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 like one of my close friends but she's also like answers every like you know conundrum you may have and she calls bs on all the crazy you know i was i don't want to say tiktok because we just talked about the um nuances of tiktok but um well no but there's some <laughs> the, wild and bad beauty shit yeah. on there too there's some things that that like i'm like they're don't do this people yeah this she's your good. like no yeah she's like your no bs like germ um and then, like, we've also interviewed, like, Jane Fonda. We've, inter- we've interviewed yeah. Kim, Kim, our little friend, Kim K. <laughs> we yeah, interviewed her. So you might have heard of her. Yeah, we, we, we really run the gamut. And then we also just, like, you know, talk. But yeah. Not too much. We get right to the kind of meat of the show. So, yeah, it's yeah. so great. It's it's very successful and well-deserved. And I, I love you. it so much. And, it, you know, now that I – especially – not being in like the day-to-day beauty world for so long. Like I still love it. It's my, it was my first love, you know, and, oh, and, um, you. and just like you guys can cover all those facets. And I think now, like you said, people are so much more aware of all the different parts of beauty. But I think one of the things that always, that I loved about being a beauty editor was like, you could do, there was the trends and the fun and the runway and the backstage at the runway and figuring out what the trends are going to be. And then what are those trends and how do you translate them to what your readership is? Right. Cause it's not going to look the same for a Vogue reader than a YM reader, but it, you might be playing with the same color trend or something or, and then there was all the nerdy science stuff, which I love so much. And we got to, you know, and you still do get to talk to the best brains and like researchers and, you know, product development people and derms and plastic surgeons and oh, just we dive into stuff. the science of the skin and the hair and, and all of that nerdy stuff. So I really felt like it always tapped into like my right brain and my left brain in such a nice way. And now I can just listen to you guys and get all the stuff because I don't have a beauty closet anymore and all that. So it's, thank it's, you. It's so good. And then obviously you're doing amazing things at Harper's Bazaar. I, I the magazine looks fucking phenomenal. It's oh, so thank you. good. Thank you. We're working it's so hard. Fresh. We're working hard. Yeah, we it's had we have a new editor really and she well, she's not and she's been there for over a year now. This was she started yeah. last July. So yeah, we're we're um, you know, it, the magazine had a bit of a revamp, redesign and a new perspective. Yeah. But um I am happy I <laughs> I am still there a year later with um, you know, Samira Nazar in charge. And she's amazing. And you know, our our perspective is, you know, we're still doing a lot of skincare, but we're doing um you know, it's it's just kind of a, a fresh perspective, but it really aligns with what, you know, I, I didn't have to, like, you know, take my brain and, like, you know, reorganize it. It's really follows a lot of what, you know, I've always felt, which is, you know, age inclusivity. It's an inclusive lens. We don't, yeah. you know, we, we don't age shame. It's not, um, you know, this is how you're going to look y- younger, thinner, skinnier, you know, like, you know, you, yeah. need, you need a face transplant. What's wrong with you? Uh, and one of the stories that we just um, put in the June, July issue um, and Samira, I'm so happy she put on her Instagram and it's on Harper's Bazaar's Instagram and website now as well. Cause we do, um, you know, we work across digital and, um, I work across digital and print. Um, we're very like we're like one team. Is this 
beauty story called Full Spectrum on the website. It has a different name, of course, because like, you know, SEO. Um, yeah. Got it. So, Got yeah, exactly. Do that a little you, differently when you, you name things online. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it is all about women who are, you know, like, I would say older women, it's like women, but like, yeah, not, not kids. And they are like over 60 and they have like pastel colored hair, blue hair, um, maroon so hair. Good. And it's because they don't want to be, they want to do, I would say like whatever the hell they want. And they don't want to be boxed into, oh, I guess I should just let it go gray or I'm just going to keep dying it like, you know, brown so I can try to look, you know, like I did when I was 45. They're having right. fun with their hair and they look badass. This one woman. They look Judith, so good. Oh, my God. This woman, Judith Ann Warren, she is, first of all, stunning, stunning. She looks kind of like, to me, she kind of looks like Katherine Keener. And she has. Yes. Like, oh, my gosh. She does. Right. She's gorgeous. And she has this lilac hair that R. Friedman did, this, um, you know, celebrity, like, killer, you know, colorist R. Friedman. Yes. Her hair is like My Little Pony lilac hair. She looks so cool. And she did it. She did it for the shoot. So she did it for the shoot. But she she had, like, white hair. And she's like, you know, I'm gonna, I want to do this. I want to do this. And we, we said that in the, the copy. And she's like, this kicked me out of my comfort zone. I feel like I did when I was younger. She used to be in a punk band in L.A. And we were talking about oh it. God. She was like, it, I just feel, like, cool like I did. And I feel like it reminded me of, like, when you do something, whether it's, like, you put on, like, a band T-shirt or you wear, like, red lipstick or you, like, get a, whatever new haircut. Like, you just kind of have that, like, yeah, like, I feel like I did or, like, I feel like myself or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Like, this is me, and I reconnected with it somehow, maybe through yes. this one item or this one color. It's like, oh, I'm still here. I was still, I'm still that person. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She just needed to, like, feel, like, a little bit like her younger self. And she said, she's like, I'm going to keep it. I feel like myself. I don't know if she's going to keep it forever, but she, was, like, she wasn't, like, rushing to, like, okay, honey, like, I've got to go back to the, Like, let's know. get rid of this. Right. Yeah, she Ugh. felt, she tapped into that energy and her face in the photo. Please go look at the photo. It's on my Instagram. It's on Bazaar. Like, please look at it. It is so, she looks so strong and powerful. And I'm like, I hope I have that energy when I'm her age. It was That's so exactly what I thought when I first, I first saw it on maybe Samira's Instagram. And then I like went to the website and like looked at the whole story and um, by the time this comes out, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you might have seen a couple of these images in there because I was so struck and I was like, I have to put these in the newsletter and link out to the story because that's the thing. I was like, that's the that's the vibe I want to keep through my whole life for through, through this second half of my life. Right. Like whatever it is, whether that's via a hair color or whatever, whatever it is that like taps into like you could just feel it like coming off the screen um, It was so, yeah. and, and, and off the page, I'm sure when in the in the print. But like. Oh, I was just like, yes, yes, this is it. Like, this is the thing. Like, and I was just yeah. so glad you guys did that story. And I think there's, there's a lot of, I mean, the photography is obviously amazing and the, and the styling and the, and the hair and makeup and everything. But, um, just, I feel like that's so much of what I feel from Bazaar these days. It's just, it feels fresh and it feels modern. And I, like, I wasn't expecting that story, you know, oh, but I was I love so to glad, hear that. but I was, you know, it was like unexpected in like the best way. And I was like, oh, like it's, you know, like in, when I used to work at a digital agency for a little bit, like they'd be dumb things. This is like, is this a thumb stopper? You know, like oh, when you're God. scrolling through a feed, which is like makes me want to die inside. A thumb but stopper. 
Ugh. And they'd be like, I don't know. And then there'd be like a 20 minute debate about it. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. Um, but the the thing is, when something does stop you, wherever it does, you know, where you're just like, oh, this is gorgeous. I have to look at this, you know, yeah. and then yeah. then I, I that was the first thing is I saw the image. And then I was like, oh, now I need to go read this story. Now I need to go look at the rest of the images. And it's hard to do. There's a lot out there in the world. So you guys are doing a great yeah. job. There's yeah. a lot of content out there in yeah, this here content. world. One more thing that someone said in that story, another one of the women, she was like, when you get older, she goes, you feel invisible. And that really bothered me. And she was like, with this hair, and she was somebody who already dyed her hair like a funky color. She goes, with my hair, I don't feel invisible. And that broke my heart, really. Yeah. And I I don't know if that that wasn't like the uplifting, like, no, but quote I think that I wanted to, but it was honest. And I really liked that we kept that quote in. I'm so glad, too, because I think a lot of women feel that way and even start to feel that way in their 40s, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the culture starts pretending like you're not around anymore as much or whatever. And I think that's evolved some. But I think, yeah, so it's just like, don't let yourself be invisible, you know, or feel that way. And so whatever that is for you, I don't know. I loved it so much. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Like, I know that sounds stupid, but I mean, I did know you when you were not in high school, but... I, I was, I think I was, eight, I think I was 18. So yeah, you might've been 18. So that yeah. was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was 18, but so. I mean, I, I just every, and again, not like I was a hundred years older than you then, but just, you know, your, I, your career is awesome. You were really, you were, you were, you felt older to me in my eyes. Cause I was like, you have a job and you live in the city and you have your own cube. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> please hire me, Abby, please. And I, I, I would hire you a thousand times over. Now you would hire me probably. No. Um, well, where, where's your, where can people find you? Um, on, on Instagram at Jessica Matlin places. so at Jessica spell the normal way I feel like I'm at the bank or like at a, <laughs> at, at the checkout at Jessica spell the normal way no spaces no dots Matlin <laughs> So M-A-T-L-I-N yeah yeah <laughs> and then great. and my pod my podcast is at Fat Mascara spell how it sounds yes. yeah and you can find it all the places you find yes podcasts. Oh, exactly so Spotify it's, it's, Apple Podcasts you got it Exactly. Yeah, all those. And yeah, follow follow them on Instagram too so you can keep yeah. up to speed. And Please. definitely and, and the great thing is if you haven't been listening, there's like an amazing catalog for you to dive <laughs> into, over which is always fun. Episodes. Yeah, which is so fun though when I discover a new podcast and I'm like and I really like it, then I'm like, "Oh, I can go back and listen to all these other things." So, there's a lot. well, thank you so much for <laughs> thank taking you, time Abby. to hop on. And we let's do like we'll you'll be back. We have so oh much more to dive into. <laughs> I feel like even I just talking. Courtney love. Oh my God. Um, but I appreciate you and I love you. And love I love you. I this is amazing. I'm so glad I got this time with you. Obsessed with All your right. show. All right. Oh, bye bye. We'll be right back. Thank you so much to Jessica for that amazing conversation and trip down memory lane. It's so fun. I hope you guys. Um, had a good time too, kind of rolling back the clock with us. Um, but I was thinking about like teens and and we were in a lot of that conversation. So a couple things I wanted to recommend. If you haven't been watching Never Have I Ever, um, the second season is now on Netflix. It's a Mindy Kaling produced show about Davey, who's a Indian American teen navigating well, just being a teen in, in Southern California and the, and also the loss of her father and 
becoming interested in boys and she's kind of nerdy and um, also kind of balancing her Indian culture with her American culture. And um, it's really it's really fantastic. And I just started the second season and I'm so excited it's back. And, you know, there's there's like kind of a love triangle to to open the the second season. I think it will surprise no one that I'm um, reading for Paxton Hall, Hall Yoshida. Um, it's right, right, fits right in line with, with usually the, the team that I side with. Also, if you're not watching the white Lotus on HBO, like you should, you should do that. It is not specifically about teens though. I will say, um, I wrote about this in the newsletter a little bit. It's, it's about a group of guests at a, at a luxury hotel in Hawaii. It's kind of like an upstairs downstairs situation with the staff and the guests. And, I would say watch it for the devastating scenes with the teenage uh, daughter of Connie Britton and Steve Zahn's character and her friend who's along on the vacation. Like, my God, it is the greatest horror of my life to be eviscerated by cool teens in the way that they just, oh, what they do to Alexander Daddario in the first episode, but then just like continue to do. I've watched two episodes so far. Oh, I mean... That it would that would destroy me. It would totally destroy me. So there's a couple more recommendations um, that I would take a look at. And thanks again for listening. Thanks to everyone at Speak Studio. If you like the podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Please share it with a friend who might like it. Sign up for the newsletter at wehavenotes.substack.com. Follow at wehavenotes or at Abby C. Gardner. And I will talk to you soon.